0: Good afternoon to you, Jane.
1: Good afternoon, Patricia. And you
0: are very welcome. Now a couple of festive questions in for you, including our first this morning for from Paula, who has a beautiful Christmas tree in her sitting room. One of her dogs, she's got three dogs. One of them keeps cocking his leg against the Christmas tree. Why would he be doing that? Fully house trained.
1: Interesting. This this little boy is probably trying to mark his territory with this new invader to his house, I think. Um, this can be really challenging at this time of year and it's something we hear quite often. It is not the easiest thing to break the habit of because once they've peed on it once, their scent is there and they'll come back and pee on it again. Normally, I would say if they pee inside in the house, the best thing to do is use a pet safe cleaner to remove any traces of the urine and ammonia smell so that the, the dog, let's say doesn't have a, a memory of marking his territory there and kind of marking that as his new toilet. Um, but that's a little bit more difficult when you're dealing with a Christmas tree. I'd be recommend just cleaning the area as best you can. Try and clean up as much of the smell as you can and then try and restrict access to the tree itself. Um either with, let's say, just keeping your dog out of the room, if that's possible, or maybe just putting something in the way a little bit. Sometimes people put, let's say, presents, or even you can kind of wrap fake, fake boxes as, as presents to kind of make a little barrier so that they can't get as close to the tree because they're probably going to be less inclined to, to let's say, mark against something like a box or a present than they are against the tree. But I'd normally recommend not using your actual presents as a little barrier because nobody wants pee all over their Christmas <sighs> presents. So it's it's a challenge it's a seasonal one certainly but I think really just restricting his access to be able to cock his cock his leg just right next to the branches will probably solve the problem.
0: He but I mean because of, I love the scent of a, a real Christmas tree that poor dog just thinks it's a tree. I mean, he doesn't realise. Yeah, what, yeah.
1: he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's what he's doing. He, he I suppose there's probably two things. It's probably the sense of, let's say, the outdoors. So he probably, if in, in his own mind, perceives, given that he's fully house trained, that this is the smell that he associates with the outdoors. So he might think it's OK to pee there. And a lot of dogs will mark their territory against trees. But also it's something strange in the house. So there could be kind of a behavioral component of what is this strange invader to my living room and I must make it smell like me. So there could be one of two things going on. So it's a little bit of a challenging one, but I I really think kind of just taking away as much of the smell of his pee as possible, obviously, both for your own comfort, but to also dissuade your dog from marking that as his toilet in future and just kind of making a little barrier so they can't get right up to the tree may solve the problem.
0: Okay, and there's two listeners of the same problem, including Lorraine, who her cat twice has pulled down the Christmas tree. Uh, It's probably the same answer. It's to try to keep them Away from it, is it? Try to
1: keep them away. I think with cats, actually, there's an added layer of complexity here, and the cats will try and pull at decorations and sometimes try and scale the tree. I've actually seen some very bad spinal injuries in cats from the ah. scaling half of the tree and then falling off because it's not as stable as a tree in the outdoors. So although marking territory in the case of a dog is, is frustrating, it's probably not super dangerous as long as all of, let's say, the decorations that they might be able to reach are well out of, out of reach and they're not going to ingest anything or chew at anything. That's kind of the main risk for a dog is chewing at decorations, whereas a cat chewing at decorations and ingesting them is a big problem, but also them scaling a slightly unstable tree and falling off halfway is a really big risk. Um, it's, it's, if your cat is taken to trying to climb up the tree, only have them in, in the room with the tree with, with you as you supervise them. And if you're not there, just, you know, restrict their access to the room the tree is in. Because I have seen some very, very nasty injuries after, after falling off Christmas trees.
0: Yeah, and actually somebody else is saying this happened last Christmas. One of their cats chewed one of the glass baubles, ended up cutting all the inside of yeah. his or her mouth. Uh, people need mm-hmm. to be very careful about it because they can be really sharp.
1: They do. I think every year at least we'll get one at least foreign body ingestion from, let's say, a Christmas tree decoration being either swallowed whole or chewed up into small parts by either a dog or a cat. Sometimes it will cause trauma to the mouth because a lot of them, as your listener was saying, are quite sharp glass objects. But Sometimes they can, can kind of descend down into the stomach and the intestines and cause either trauma down there if they're sharp, so cutting of the intestines, or sometimes in the case of longer decorations like, let's say, strings or tinsel, they can cause big problems um, as they descend down through the, through the guts and cause all the guts to kind of uh, concertina down on themselves and that's, extremely dangerous i think it's best avoided and best to just let your dog and cat near the tree with them supervised if you can at all it's just it's not worth the not worth the risk to their health
0: really yeah okay susan was on to say her mother arrived this morning with a doggy christmas stocking for susan's dog it seems to be filled with edible treats are they safe to give susan wants to know no, it's a, it is a doggy one
1: it is a doggy one. I would assume if it's commercially available doggy Christmas stocking that there probably won't be any overt toxins in there. I think just cast your eye down the ingredients on the back. I would imagine that it's probably various, let's say, different types of treats. Things that I would just be a little bit cautious of are things like rawhide Um I certainly, as a, as a veterinary community, we're erring away from advising rawhide chews in dogs because they can actually get caught in the mouth and the teeth and cause big problems. Um, so certainly I would maybe avoid those if you can as an extra precautionary measure. Um, but just cast your eye down to the ingredients. Um, if everything kind of looks quite normal, quite meaty, then you're probably okay. One thing to be aware of is a lot of the time, and these stockings will contain what, what sound like chocolate drops for dogs the important thing here is they should be made of an ingredient called carob um, and that is a safe chocolate alternative for dogs because as we know chocolate can be extremely toxic to both dogs and cats and can be fatal in some cases if enough that's ingested so that's, that's one possibility that you might notice that there's chocolate drops in the stocking just make sure they're not actually chocolate but they are carob which is a safe alternative
0: and that's why the tins of biscuits and the tins of roses and heroes and celebrations be very careful about leaving them under the Christmas tree once they're opened?
1: Absolutely. any And I think the thing is, at Christmas, we're all a little bit more relaxed. It's very easy to walk away from some chocolates or some mince pies on a table. And chocolate has a thing in it called pia which is highly poisonous to dogs. And we know that a lot of the Christmas treats like mince pies, pudding, Christmas cake, they have raisins and sultanas in them and they can cause kidney failure in dogs and cats. So they're very dangerous also. So just be be a little bit mindful. If you have any little people in the house, just make sure that they're aware they shouldn't leave anything near where the dog or cat can reach it as well. Um, and just try and keep everything up and away from away from sniffing noses as much as you can. If your dog or cat does ingest any of these things like chocolate or raisins or sultanas, The best thing to do is just acknowledge that it's happened and call your vet. You know, it can happen to any of us. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. Speak to your vet. They'll be able to give you guidance and see, well, does your dog or cat need to be seen um, to receive any treatment? But the important thing here is time is of the essence. We have a little window after pets have eaten chocolate or eaten anything else nasty where we can actually... Helps them quite a lot by decontaminating the stomach, so getting them to vomit. But that's something that should only be done by a vet if it's suitable. And that window of time is about two to four hours. So, you know, it's really important as soon as you know they've eaten anything that they shouldn't have, call the vet and get some advice. Okay. don't wait on
0: it. Okay. And Karen, who describes herself as new to dog ownership, is really enjoying her new life with her little Jack Russell. But she said in the recent cold spell when she was out for a walk, she noticed that he was shivering when he came back. What is Jane's view on coats for dogs in cold weather? Do they need them?
1: I think in a lot of cases, no, they most likely don't need them. But there are a few exceptions to that. Particularly older dogs or very young dogs, sometimes they're not able to cope with the cold as well as a healthy adult, as it were. So coats may be justified in that case. Some dogs may just be particularly light-skinned or not have a lot of body fat or hair covering. Prime examples of this would be things like greyhounds. My own little greyhound at home, as soon as the autumn hits, the coats have to go on because she just sits there looking sad and shivery otherwise. Whippets um lurchers, things like that. There'd be other candidates for wearing a coat just because they're very lean in body mass and they have very light skin. Sometimes if your dog has had a recent haircut and they go from being very, very fluffy and well-insulated to not so fluffy anymore, and I know lots of people like to get their dogs groomed just before Christmas, they may be noticing a change in temperature. So keeping an eye just for the signs of feeling a little bit chilly when you're out and about will be, I suppose, being extra quiet, quite reserved or even overt shivering is really important to notice. And, you know, I think as long as you keep a close eye on the temperature of the the dog in the coat, so I wouldn't hesitate to put a dog in a coat for a walk. But once they're back inside, you need to be very careful that they don't overheat. Because whereas we can easily just go, oh, I'm hot, and take a jacket off, our dog finds it very, very difficult to communicate that they're very warm. And let's say panting will be kind of the, the latter stages of feeling overheated. So really, we need to just make sure that once they're back in the house, if they're normally in the house without a jacket on, we take that jacket off for them once they're back inside so they're nice and
0: comfortable. OK, and a final one. Has Jane any tips to stop a dog from jumping up on us? Now, I know it's excitement, but it isn't very pleasant, especially this week with wet paws.
1: Mm, can be a really difficult one. I'm afraid there's no quick fix. This is a little bit of a longer training game. I think two things you can do. When the jumping up does happen, the best thing you can do is ignore for a second, so don't engage with the dog, and then try and use a command. So if you've taught your dog to sit or stay or give the paw, break the cycle of them jumping up to get attention by initially not engaging with their request for attention and then redirecting by, let's say, positively engaging with them through training. So, you know, using the sit or the lie down command and then positive reinforcement with either a little head rub or a treat would be a really good way of breaking that cycle. I think the best thing to do is what they want is a reaction a lot of the time when they're jumping up. So try not to, let's say, use a raised voice or anything like that because to them although it may be a negative response they're still being engaged with so it will perpetuate the behaviour but this is one that you're going to have to work on a little bit longer term
0: I I don't know if it's a very young dog or or what but uh, patience Mm -hmm. Okay, that's where we leave it listen Jane thank you for that thanks for all your contribution throughout the year and have a terrific Christmas yes have a wonderful Christmas and we'll talk to you in twenty twenty two. Thanks, thanks a million. Bye bye. That is Jane Pickett, the Idenwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street uh, Veterinary Group.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high end brands. And the best part?